Hello, everybody. Live from Koreatown on a hot Sunday, it is the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller. We've been away for a while. I'm with my brother, Terry Miller. But we're back, and you can count on us for weekly, a weekly dose of sports stimulation with a conversation amongst brothers. You're going to stimulate. I'm stimulating. That's what I'm doing with mine. I'm back. I'm refreshed. Just got off the road, folks. Monster trip. Monster trip. Had to tour the world to get my mind right to prepare for the next. How are you feeling, my brother? Hot. Yes, it is John Blaze. I'm imagining that it's hot wherever you're listening uh, because of global warming. Parise! It's not real. <laughs> yeah, it's a hoax. Uh, but what is real is this ozone and a lot of things to cover. While we were gone, Los Angeles became the capital of basketball. Uh, and wow, there's a lot to cover in the NBA. There's a lot to cover in the world of the NFL. There's a lot to cover in baseball. There's a lot to cover in tennis. It's just going down. We're going to get as much a whole blanket on it. I, you know, we're going to have to give them two this week, at least. At least two this week. But let's start with the world of boxing. I'm very, very happy about the situation in boxing right now because it is alive and well. Uh, there were some great fights that popped off this weekend. But let's let's turn back the clock in the same way that the senator from the Philippines did. Mr. Manny Pacquiao fought Keith one time Thurman about a week ago, and uh, I really like one time. I've always liked him. I like him as a person. Right, he's I, solid. Yeah, he's a solid guy. I'm I'm never mad at him. And it can't be, uh, can't be, can be mad at him. I, although, you know what? I don't know about his boxing future. Even though he looked better in this fight than he did in the fight he against, he did. He turned it Lopez. up. Yeah, he turned it up the second half. He turned it up in the second half. And, you know, the other thing was he didn't quit, which I really appreciated because there was a body shot that looked like he was ready to go home. Yeah, the rib tips. <laughs> uh, medium sauce. <laughs> Look, like I had hot sauce on it. <laughs> some hot sauce on it. Pick it up. <laughs> it was he ready. buckled and he started running. He has a problem to his midsection. He really does. I've watched every. every and, and now everybody knows. Yes. And they figure out that there's one point in that fight that I can land that punch and he'll get on his horse. And usually it happens early. With Sean Porter, it happened late, but with yeah. Jose Cito Lopez, it happened early. Manny just, you know, it was beautiful to watch Manny work because it was a professional work. I was watching from a hotel room in Paris and uh, seeing what I saw, it was just great because the way that he was able to, in the first round, when he knocks him down in the first round, if you rewind the tape and you watch 10 seconds before he knocks him down, he sees a flaw in Keith's game. Uh, he said it, it was, and, then and it was, was a trap. And he said, he said right up. into it yeah. and he hit him right on his temple. And not only that, he went to the gut first. It was a, it was a body, he, body, body. It was body. <laughs> and then he, and then he did his hop step and bang to, right the, on, to the right, dome, yes. to the temple. Yes. Offhand. It wasn't even the, the, it was a trip is that you could see Keith Thurman falling in slow motion. And he's and, looking at him like, like, are you kidding? What? <laughs> out. <laughs> Come on. He's been down one. Come on. He's never been down, has he? Yeah, I think he's been down Who one. Who put him down? He's never been down. He's been down once. I can't remember who it was that knocked him down. But I don't know who knocked him down. I watched a lot of Keith's fights. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know who knocked him down. I'm sorry because you know he was undefeated, and I, I know he was undefeated. I don't but he's been down. down. Ain't nothing wrong with going down. And there's nothing wrong. It's going down, brother. Hey, okay, get on. You boy, get on down. Mm, you gonna down. get up though? I gotta get up <laughs> so I can get down. <laughs> yeah. No. So the rest of the fight, Manny dominated the fight. I would say, but with primarily with ring IQ. 
And this is what you do with age. Yeah, it's just like watching a, a pitcher. Mm-hmm. It's just like watching what Clayton Kershaw is doing now. Right. He doesn't throw 100 now, and so I'll just finesse you to death. That's it. And it works. It works. But he got rocked. Keith hit him hard late in the fight. He even said that Keith hit him hard after the fight. He said he hit him hard. He said he, he's got heavy hands. Really? Yeah, he said he's got heavy hands. He said that the only person that's hit him harder, I think, is Margarito. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Margarito was like three weight classes above him. <laughs> right. That looked ridiculous when he when that when that fight happened. Wow. Yeah, so you know what? I um hmm. Yeah, that that's that's kind of crazy. I actually think that Keith potentially has more of a boxing future than Manny does. I do too. He's a young man, but the thing that he needs to do is he needs clarity. He needs to step away from the game. He, no, I don't think he needs. To, he already stepped away from. Well, the yeah, game. yeah. What, what I'm talking about, some type of way to get his his. You can see where he gets hit. He loses it. Here's the problem. I don't think he loses it any more than anybody else. The problem is he exposes himself when he gets hurt. He doesn't hide. Right. He doesn't look. He doesn't, he doesn't look he, like he's not hurt. He looks like he's hurt. <laughs> he looks like he's drunk. Literally. That's it. Not even punch drunk. Just regular drunk. <laughs> You know, that's Cisco. You know, uh, give me some uh, and uh, some, you know, just give me some bad dog. That's <laughs> look like you fooled that bad dog. And and you know, it's a trip though because he hurt Manny, but Manny in a professional way played it wore, off. Played it off. That didn't like, hurt. Oh man, come on. He's, he's like, ah, like, oh, put it together. I give you the Pacquiao. Exactly. He put, double tap. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's about to turn Ooh, it up. Turn it. Let me let me be careful. <laughs> man, he's like, I'm drunk too, dude. dude. I got found your bag. <laughs> about that Jesus juice. <laughs> yeah, man. And and you know, here's the thing. I think Manny. I don't know who Manny fights next. That hopefully makes sense. it's not any of these these two elite fighters that are left for him. I think there's that, three guys left, three. and and it'll never and and the top rank fight will never materialize because of it, the way that he left top rank. So you don't have to worry about him fighting Terrence Crawford. I know, but I think that he could beat Bud. I actually think that's his best chance. Yes, but it would be because Bud doesn't have heavy hands right. the way that fooling with Sean and fooling with Errol. I don't see a good situation for Manny in either one of those except yeah. for his paycheck. Yeah, because I think that they could stop him at this point. You know, everybody's praising Manny because he gave you a great fight, but gave you a great show, great fight. Yeah, but he took can, some punishment. Yeah, he took a lot of punishment, and you can see that. And he's that, taking punishment over the last yes. twenty years. And the second half of that fight, that he's literally mortal. So you, yeah, you can stop him. Yeah, if you get if you come in there with the right approach and you move forward and not let him bounce on you, you can impose your will on him and slow him down and stop him. That's it. And and do and actually Floyd Mayweather did a great job of exposing uh, the same thing that's not anything new, which is just relying on that jab. Right. Man, he's quick and he's really strong and he's really really powerful and he's got great angles. But it more times than not, the guys that he fights have a height and reach advantage on him. So he's used to it. Well. But the thing is that you can be used to it or not, but you still have to pay to get inside. Got to pay. And, and most guys don't make him pay. Yeah. Well, you know? you know, he's elusive. Even, you know, referring to the fight that we watched last night, which your boy, um, we'll get to him, but he, he didn't have head movement, which got him knocked down. Hooker. Let's talk about that fight. Yeah. At first, the, the last thing I want to say about the Manny Pacquiao Thurman fight, because we got a lot to cover, so we got to move fast today. But the last thing I want to say is, the individual who had that fight scored for Keith Thurman should be drummed out of the league. <laughs> drummed should, out the league. Should be with Adelaide Bird. Yes. He should be on probation. I mean No, he shouldn't even be he should just be out the league. I'm talking about probation, criminal probation. <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous. That's terrible <laughs> terrible card. That's a terrible card. What are you doing? This is like You're not the doing equivalent your job. of being on PEDs. Now I wonder when this is the equivalent of being on PCP. Angel <laughs> <laughs> dust. <laughs> crazy zooty. He got crazy zooty. He got up on the roof. He got a bag of dust. <laughs> what are you looking? What are you looking at? There is no way you could score that fight for Keith Thurman. 
<laughs> Come on, man. We got to get to a split decision. Nobody in the arena th- saw that. Here's the thing. There's always, always at least one ref on the take. Always. always. And they're hoping that somebody oh, one else. One judge, rather. Sorry, not yeah. one ref. Yeah, they're, they're hoping that somebody else fell for it. That's it. Fell for banana the tailpipe. That's it. Okay. And now here's my question to you, Randy Piper. What is it? Do you believe that they have the card filled out in advance? Couldn't do that. No, it's not like in their pocket? You couldn't do that because somebody might see you. You know, especially today with cameras and phones and everything oh, else. You're like. <laughs> yeah, dude, let me see that. What's that? What? what, what, what? <laughs> That's not a scorecard. That's my parlay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's just unreal. So that person, and you know what? Get maybe we can. Get, you can in the meanwhile, you can look up that person's name. I can't remember what. Uh, oh, the, the um, the, yeah, that 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 judge because that was ridiculous. But want to move on to the action that took place last night? Um, well, actually, you know, we'll stay a week ago. And what happened a week ago as well was Delian White, the the perennial WBC number one contender for the heavyweight division, gotten a good fight. Almost lost, but still won against Oscar Rivas, which positioned him to be in a great position to finally fight Deontay Wilder for his belt, which he says he's been wanting forever. Then his A sample came up dirty. Now, people in sports, especially in boxing, have had a rash of dirty uh, blood lately. It's, right. it's going, especially in the heavyweight division. Now, the WBC has done everything it can to deny him a, a title fight. I'll say that. But now he is most certainly helping the case. Well, he had a, he had a title fight before though with Anthony Joshua and he got knocked out. Oh, for sure. That just wasn't the WBC. Yeah, that was the, all the rest of the belts. Yes. No, but what I'm saying is this: is that from what I've understood from the stuff that I read, he got cleared to fight still with the dirty sample by the British board. Right. Now I just don't understand how that works. He got cleared like a week before the fight to still fight because they said that the sample it was trace levels. Right. Like to the point where it was it could have been an accident. But the way that everybody in the league is responding. Now, I thought he tested dirty twice though. He's tested dirty in the past. Oh yeah. Come on. So this is his second go around. But isn't it ironic that all these guys who are always claim that another guy's on the juice is they're on the juice? So it looks like the only people that we know that have not failed any dirty uh, drug tests are Anthony Joshua, and who everybody accuses. And Deontay Wilder. And Tyson Fury. Yeah, and Tyson Fury. There's three guys who actually go in there just with based on the training that they've had. Right. Everybody else is trying to do something to get an edge, it looks like. And here's, dirty. here's what the champ Deontay Wilder had to say about it. And, then, and, and finally, he officially became a mandatory, you know, and here we is at the worst time in boxing to come out with a drug test to fail because of two fighters already died taking blows. And here you is come out with this. It's sad. Shame on you. It's shame on him, you know, because at the end of the day, you can't blame it on nobody but himself. This is his second time. If he didn't learn from the first time, he should learn from the, from this time, you know. And hopefully, you know, he'll get his act together because nobody forced him to take what he took. You know, nobody forced him to, to do that. He knew he knew what he was doing. And if it comes back that his B-Tampers is, is come back like it is, you know, which it, it, it most likely will, being the fact that they didn't notify the WBC, they didn't notify the other side, that, that he was tested three days prior and they was trying to cover it up, it's going to be a bad lawsuit coming. I can see it coming. Now you've got a busy day. So the champ, who you can catch on a previous episode of the Ozone, speaking about fighters 
uh, who potentially were going to face him, who were on the juice. He had a lot to say. You can catch that interview over on ESPN. Uh, we'll put up a link to it. But honestly, this is a guy in Deontay Wilder who actually had his growth stunted because of guys being on the juice. He had maybe four fights in a row where he couldn't get a fight. Right. Where Because guys are juicing. Because guys are freaking juicing. What and, are you doing? And you have boxers, just like he said. Boxers get killed in the ring without the juice. Literally. Just from a, an accumulation of blows. And what we've seen so far are the guys that aren't the, the big hitters. You know what I'm saying? These guys usually, it's an acclimation of punches that put these guys in a coma or something like that. But when you talk about moving up to the heavier guys, this is really, really a dangerous, you know, a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing. These are smaller guys. And if you didn't know, it's it's been all over uh, everywhere. You have to be under a rock to not know. But Maxim Dadashev died after taking 12 rounds of punishment. And the the, name, the the tricky part was is that it was never got to the point where it was so absurd and so open where it's like, oh, man, they need to stop the fight. He just took a sustained beating, which is so dangerous. Guys don't die normally when they get knocked out early. That's not how you get brain damage and how you die. Right. Uh, and, and then next, the same thing happened with uh, uh, the, the fighter Hugo Santillan. He died after in-ring injuries. This is a this is a serious. It's a serious thing. sport. It's a, it's a serious sport. sport. You don't play boxing. As every boxing coach, champion that has come on the ozone, they all make it very clear that you don't play boxing. Yet they're all choosing to do this, which is what leads me to this weekend's fights that we just watched. So Gervonta Tank Davis fought uh, Nunez, uh, who looked really good for a round. He did. He just, and he even looked good in the second round until he lost focus. Got a little cocky. Got a little cocky. Was showboating for the crowd and Tank hitting with a monster left. Which you have to give Tank credit for because he was being observant of how sure um, was. he was acting. Sure was. He was flossing for the crowd and everything else. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, take this. Mm-hmm. And he's got big thump for a guy that's 130 pounds. Yeah, he's built like a tree trunk. Yeah, a tank. <laughs> and, and he... Uh, and, you know, and so he gets the guy in trouble. He gets Nunez in trouble. Nunez takes a few big shots, and they stop the fight. Nunez is still on his feet. This is this halfway through the second round. Too early. No standing eight count. No no uh, come to me. No, no nothing. They just stopped the fight. Now, clearly, this is because, and this had just happened in the same region, the, the fight was a homecoming for Tank in Baltimore. Um, stand up, Baltimore, while Cheeto's trying to talk stupid about y'all. Right. Um, I don't, and I don't even think that it was something about him being on a take or anything like that. I just thought he made a bad decision as the ref because this guy's fighting for the titles, and if he's fighting for the titles, you have to give me the opportunity. I'm going to get hurt in a, in a fight. That's what a fight is all this about. This is a big thing. Yeah. You, you, you now they're at the point because of overcompensation. That now you can't even get hurt? Is yeah, that what they're saying now? Hurt. I can't get knocked down, so if I get knocked down, then the fight is over. I have to be able to get up off of the canvas and do it as many times as I can do it as long as I can be coherent. I can, you know, have defense. The guy had still had a little defense. He still had a little defense. He actually got caught. He actually got caught when he was trying to trade right. after he was already hurt he's instead glazed. of covering up. Yeah. Maple glazed. Yep. Yep. Yeah, this is uh uh you know, I felt like it was a premature, a premature yeah. stoppage. Yeah, and I and I know the tank likes that kind of victory. You know, everybody likes to see the knockout. It's flashy, it's flashy, and everything. But he doesn't get any experience. And this you is don't a big get deal. any rounds. And then when you do have to step up in there with one of these elite fighters like Tevin Farmer 
or Lomachenko, what are you going to do? Because those guys can go the distance, especially Tevin Farmer. Well, and this is what this is actually what was happening on the other side of town mm-hmm. during that same fight. During that, during while Tank was fighting, Tevin was fighting, and Tevin was fighting uh, in a in a tribute to Pernell Sweet Pea Whitaker, who passed away. Rest in peace. Uh, kind of incredible that a man who nobody in the ring could hit, the other men couldn't hit him, have then in turn ends up passing away from a car accident. Crazy, right? Unreal. Unreal. Yeah, rest in peace to the champ. Uh, But with that, I watched Tevin Farmer's fight, and Tevin Farmer fought a Frenchman who he put on a clinic on, basically. But yeah. he went a little too far on the, the Purnell uh, tribute. <laughs> he went a little too A lot too of flash and dash. A lot of sweet pee, a lot of sweet plea instead of just putting the pressure on the guy. Yeah. But he actually took a little bit too much punishment at the I end. I agree. Sweet Pea don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> sweet Pea was not about that punishment. Not receiving. No. And so, but the thing that's interesting about Tevin Farmer is he keeps getting rounds because he's perennially going 12 because he's not a knockout artist, as most little guys are not. Right. I'm very excited to see that fight. And then after the fight, he had something specific to say because after Tank's fight, oh, we'll, we'll play them both for you right now. In the aftermath of that fight, he called you out. He said he wants to fight you next. Can that fight be made next? It can't be made because he say one thing. He say he want me. But the people that's, that's behind them saying something else. Javante said he wants Tevin Farmer. Lyndon Ellaby say, I'm going to move Javante the way I want to move Javante. Let's read in between the lines. Eddie um, has sent the multiple offers saying that Tevin Farmer want to fight. And it's constantly excuses, you know. So I move forward from that. I move forward from that fight. If it happened, it happened. If it don't, I don't give a damn. Um, I, I want all the world champions out there. Burchett, Jamel Heron, shout out to him. Um, who else? So you see what time it is. To me, I saw the whole situation. They had a big row. I think it was at the Mandalay Bay in Vegas. Okay. A lot of cussing, a lot of low-class behavior. Big, big crowd gathered around where Tevin said, I want I want a chance. And this is before he was a champ. Mm-hmm. He was like, I want a chance because I'm going to beat you up. And, you know, Tank made fun of him being cross-eyed. Tank mm-hmm. made fun of this. Tank made fun of that. And made fun of how his money wasn't up because he's a bum and he's I'm with the money team and won't 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 and blah blah blah, and the fight never materialized. Tevin kept on about his business, became a world champion, and uh, and the fight never materialized. And Still. over at TMT, you know the money team, they all said exactly what he said. I've watched it after fights. Leonard Ellerby and Floyd Mayweather said we're taking him, making the right fights at the right time. We're moving our fighter along as he should be, blah, 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 blah. This is going to be interesting because there's been nothing but nothing but reports about Tank not getting along with Mayweather in the camp, partially because he doesn't feel like he gets to fight as often or who he wants to fight. Yeah, and it looks like Mayweather's trying to make him follow his model by handpicking right. fights. And, and right. he's a young stud that's interested in mixing it up with everybody. And challenging himself. Uh-huh. He's really young. Yes. He's at his athletic peak. He wants to push himself. I don't yeah. blame him. That's what you want to do. But yep. you don't want somebody who's standing over you telling you what you should do. You, you can listen to him as a mentor, but as far as just him telling you who you're going to fight when there's people out there calling you out, and, you know, this is the discipline you can say that Floyd had. I never actually cared for it, but it is a discipline of sorts where you can then in turn make the right business decision per se as opposed to the right athletic or competitive decision. Right. And, it's, you know. It, and it's, it worked for him. It worked for him to the tune of, you know, a billion dollars, whatever it is that it, yeah. that it did. Yeah, yeah. 
but it's not by any means. It it, keeps it doesn't him, do anything for the sport, but it, it, it doesn't do anything for, him. for the sport, and it doesn't do anything for his legacy because it keeps him off of the people who know. It keeps him off of the high ranks of that he could have potentially been on. Exactly, despite the fact of of fighting and beating a ton of world champions, most of them at the wrong time in their career. Exactly. By, and that was or by choice. some of the guys before they, they were where they're supposed to be. Just at the wrong time. Yeah. yeah he, this was this was a key. Now, after Tevin's fight, the, the headliner on that fight was the Maurice Hooker-Jose Ramirez fight uh, at lightweight. Woo, champ. Man, that was a good fight. They went at it. And Hooker was, you know, the favorite, I would say. And he came in. He looked strangely uncoordinated for being a high-end guy. He did. I don't know what that was. was. Crazy effective. Crazy effective. Had great defense. He got dropped in the first round, which really wasn't a knockdown. It was a fake knockdown because he actually stood on his foot. And even Jose Ramirez said so afterwards. It wasn't a knockdown. That wasn't a knockdown. And that put extra pressure on him. Uh Uh-huh. To have to extend himself to try to catch up. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he got caught. And he even says it in his post-fight. He said, man, I just lost focus for one second. Yeah. And he got me good with a left. That's what the elite ones do. That's what they do. They see it. And this is the sixth round that this happened. And he didn't go down. But this was a great stoppage. But it was a little late. (laughs) It was actually a little late. (laughs) He took like, what? He took just one. Five, six. one, One big one late. Oh, he took more than one. No, I'm saying that was too late. No, that, that might have. No, no, there was one that was just like woo, but no. the other one was like <laughs> it was still doing. <laughs> what was it like? A woo, a hoo I don't know if it was. I don't know if that was the situation. I don't know if you guys watched it or not, man. But they dropped bombs. Wow, sure Jose Ramirez dropped bombs. And I was, was very a good impressed. Fight. Yeah, I was impressed with Hooker with the long arms to be able to fight inside like that. Yeah, and he just needed space, and Ramirez never gave him a chance to he get was a that space. space. It was, <laughs> but it was really nice afterwards because afterwards they had a really good exchange, mm-hmm. and Hooker was really a class act, man. They were both class acts, and this is that banana peel situation of of fighting in your homecoming. They fought in Dallas; it was his homecoming, and uh, I think once again on display was the the greatness of Robert Garcia. Yeah, Robert Garcia had Jose Ramirez ready. You understand. And he knows he he crafted a game plan that gave Maurice Hooker problems. Well, it seems like what you get from Robert Garcia is he's not going to take a fighter who's not going to have the discipline to listen to him. That's it. You know, and you don't trust his game plan. Exactly. Or don't come to me. Or don't even come. (laughs) I'm not trying to hear it. Yeah. Because you see when guys. Even when he was talking to Mikey during the Earl Spence fight. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if you wasn't a little brother, I might have to. He even talked about stopping the fight. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? His fighters are disciplined. He gets the right fighters to do what execute his game plan, and it works. He put pressure on Maurice Hooker. Maurice Hooker never could breathe. Right. You know, but then Maurice Hooker landed the most power punches, but Maurice Hooker could never get the job done to get him out of there because the kid had a chin of granite. Yeah, man. But all that being said, and this is a, it sets up a great fight. Uh, once that the World Boxing Super Series is over, because the Josh Taylor uh, Regis Progray fight is coming up, I think at the end of the year, I expect Regis to win that and win the series. And they're supposed to be fighting in the UK, right? I do believe, mm-hmm. but Regis is the best boxer in the world at 140. Yes, and uh, and and honestly, there's some great fights to be made there. They're talking about Mikey Garcia staying at 47 for some reason. I don't know why. I think he's just trying to push himself, but he should go back down there because there's still a lot of work for him down there. So he's got a lot of work to give at 140 or 135. Uh-huh. I mean, 135 seems like it'd be hard to – maybe it's just getting harder for him to actually make 135. Right. But at 140, there's great fights against Regis, against this Ramirez character. 
um, even against Josh Taylor. I just personally don't see either one of these guys beating Regis. I mean, Ramirez was committed to that body shot. I think that I would like to see Hooker fight um, Mikey. Really? Yeah. He had heavy hands. I think I think Mikey beats him. I, he, he especially, has, I he's got the reach, though. Mikey's especially, really, really small. But especially because he's already – Robert, Mikey's brother, has already crafted a game plan to beat Hooker. Right. But he took a lot of – I want to see Mikey after this Errol Spence fight because, you you know, when you get tuned up like that, it makes you into a different fighter. I think he's still going to be. You good. think? He's, oh, he's going to be good, but I'm just saying that. No, no, I think he's still going to be okay. Is what I'm saying. I don't. I don't think he can get tight up. <laughs> he did not by me. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So, so you have that. Those are two great fights. Um, and uh, you know, you also had this after the we we skipped over it, but after the 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 Pacquiao Thurman fight, you had Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao jawing on. That's Floyd Instagram. trying to get some attention. Yeah. Floyd wants to get attention. He wants the, he wants the attention without paying the price for it. Step in yeah. the ring and get your attention. That's the you kind of attention. You get as much as you want. You get as much as you want. That's what Pacquiao's letting him know. But he's dancing around. He's in everybody's shot. <laughs> you know? He's all in the club, <laughs> all in the video, <laughs> dancing. He turned into the Suge Knight of Boxing. death row. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's something else I wanted to cover because, you know, all over Europe, I didn't see anything but Alexander Usyk and Lomachenko as bosom buddies. I mean, right. they were uh, every single country I went to. I Love was zone. in the UK. I was in Spain. I was in Italy, and I was in France. Every single country was them doing interviews together, <laughs> training together, hanging out right. together. They're really feeling it. They seem like Why really, not? really good friends. Why not? I, and they're both committed to the sport. Great fighters. They're great fighters. I mean, Lomachenko. I still want to see him fight more people. You know, but he's in the situation. Looks like where they're handpicking his guys too. But it looks like Usyk has recovered his arm pretty well, right? Usyk is ready. They said that they said that, they said that he's going to fight. Uh, he's is going to be back get, with Takam again. It's going to be Takam in then he's September, trying to get October. No, well, he said he wants Deontay, but they said that for him to be mandatory, he can be the mandatory for the winner of Ruiz Joshua, and that's if he beats Takam. But he said himself. That he wants to fight Deontay Wilder if he had to choose. He could beat Deontay Wilder. And he seems to know that. Uh-huh. And he felt like he could beat Anthony Joshua as well. I think that he people, just seems to be a very confident young man in his ability. I think people are going to be shocked when Andy, at how effective yeah. that Usyk is. Yeah, how effective that he is, but with his speed and power combo, but when Anthony Joshua comes back, because I think that people are really discounting the talent. Oh, it's had. over. Yeah. They, they, in everybody's mind, he was a he was that was it. He he was never any good. Yeah, the Olympic medal doesn't mean anything. <laughs> right. The titles were fake. Right. That uppercut that he stretched Klitschko's <laughs> neck with was a fluke. That was a great fight. They went was that in the tenth, eleventh round. Yeah, I mean, come on, the kid showed ten, tenacious D. And it, <laughs> and it, but it's interesting because it's gonna it's gonna be uh, he he's. It feels like he's got to win against Ruiz, even though that's a bad matchup for him. But it seems like he's got to win against Ruiz. Otherwise, boxing is going to try to drum him out. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It seems like they're really trying to find a way to drum him out. Because he's not the the braggadocious, you know, yeah. bravado type of guy. He's really humble. He, you know, he speaks a lot of positivity. He even took his, his defeat with, you know... Humility. With Clays. Yeah, with, with, with class. And Clays. You can have Clays. He talks of Clays. I don't know where they sell it, but no, 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 no. It, it was with Clays. Campbell. <laughs> Actually. He was down in Jacksonville. <laughs> they were training. <laughs> you know, but people act like that this guy's not a real, wasn't a real champion. It's not right because all of the great champions all the way through every division in history pretty much has taken an L, except for who? Rocky Marciano and Floyd? 
Yeah, and Rocky Marciano. Uh, I mean, Floyd's doesn't really count. It doesn't count. But I'm just for saying, one, he but, got a he got a big decision against Jose Luis Castillo that he shouldn't have got. Uh, for two, he did a lot. Now, don't get it twisted. Floyd all the way up until 47, I was a fan. But at 47, he became a businessman as opposed to a fighter. Right. And that's fine. That was his choice, you know? Yeah, but I just want to put an exclamation mark on this whole thing about the zero. You know, it's overrated. Completely. You know, people losing. And everybody says that Andy Ruiz is a bad matchup for him. But he's learning. The, he's learning the game, and not only that. I'm very interested plays, to see what his people do. Right, his people give him the adjustments if that he, he the adjustments. You would get the typical classic Anthony Joshua. I think that he got too lax. Uh, obviously, he was hanging out and doing yeah. the wrong things. But you see, when he puts it together and if he executes his game plan, he puts you on your back. Yeah. What you got? Well, you know what I got? What Major League Baseball? That's what I got. Let's just get straight to it. Let's get to where we want to be. We're nearing the trade deadline, folks, and there's a lot of people that need help. <laughs> and there's just a weird trade that went down. A very weird trade. And everybody's trying down. to figure it out. What in the world are the Mets doing getting Marcus Stroman? So you, Marcus Stroman is one of the more coveted trade deadline agents right now. He's the number one. He was the number I would one. say he's number one. And it was most he was most expected to sign with the Yankees, to be traded to the Yankees. Or the Astros. Or the Astros. Or one of the, the clear contenders. Instead... And he came out and said, hey, I'm ready to dominate wherever I go. Right. He was like, to the Mets? <laughs> but, in- <laughs> but instead he came out to the Mets. And the Mets are 11 and a half games back of the Braves that they won't catch, even though they've won four. And they're six games back in the wild card. So the question is, does and this And they're mean- talking about trading Thor. And Zach Wheeler. Yeah. So does this mean that they just got him as trade bait? Or did they get him because they're actually serious about trying to make a push? That's a good point. I didn't even think about them getting for trade bait. but Perhaps. Perhaps they put together a deal with Thor. Perhaps they become the pitching dealers at the trade deadline. Mm. And now you brought up a good point, which is now the uh, – looks like that mosquito jumped on you. I saw a quick reaction ball. Like, oh. <laughs> you need the left? <laughs> get him in? Yeah, so uh, – now maybe they're that's maybe that's the sneaky thing that's going on. Okay, and they become in this re, in this age of the new real trade deadline, not the trade deadline. Then trades happen three or four days uh-huh. afterwards. Maybe now they're actually now we we'll look at this. We got the pitching man. What do you guys want? Right, we're pitching dealers. We got Wheeler, Syndergaard, and and, they, and Stroman. And, and they were smart because they just traded away to some minor leaguers. They traded, that's it. They gave away some minor leaguers that aren't proven products. So perhaps they will throw in Yoenis Cespedes and, <laughs> and, you could. and Thor, you know? You could. Maybe Cespedes will come back next year and give you a little, you know, 25 bombs. I don't think Yoenis Cespedes has played since the World Series in 2016. It really hasn't, but he still, he's still under contract and he still wants to play. He just can't quit good timing. <laughs> he's enjoying his life to the tune of tearing up his body. Mm-hmm. Man, you just never know with people. Yeah, but that trade is completely off the map. I have no idea what what that's about. And maybe it's to your point, like you're saying, maybe they're trying to harness the market with with the pitching stable and then they can, you know. Make a move. Make some big moves. Honestly, I felt like San Francisco was going to get them. I felt like San Francisco was going to be a dark horse. Because San Francisco is making a push. They're at that spot where they have to decide if they're going to, you know. Be buyers or sellers. That's it. And I think they should be buyers, personally. They're only two and a half games out of the wild card. Yeah. And they, they've won before, and everybody knows. They've won before. This is, Bochy's, this is Bochy's last year. Yeah, and when he gets into a situation where he can get a title, he 
You might, and nobody wants to see Madison Bumgarner in nobody. a tight situation in nobody. a one-game playoff. He shut the Yankees down. He, <laughs> it doesn't matter who it is. It was a problem. He's going to do it. <laughs> it doesn't matter who it is. He's focused. Yeah, he's a different guy. He's a different guy. And and they're not far out. You know, they're far out of first place. The Dodgers have run away with the division, but uh, the wild card is up for debate. So he's an elite. Uh, Marcus Stroman was the most the elite pitcher in this you know free agency right now, but. After that, who's out there? Because they pulled uh, Madison Bumgarner off. Yeah, because they're talking they're, they're, because they're, they're making a run. Yeah, they're making a run. So there's not a lot of people out there, and the Dodgers need bullpen help. The Dodgers desperately need bullpen, so either, or they need to, like I was saying, they need to retool their bullpen. Just the order of the bullpen. You said you thought that Joe Kelly should close. I personally think that since they don't want to let Urias start. Let him close because they're in this limbo period with him where they're going to end up giving him the job of Chamberlain yeah. or the Deline Batances or something like mm-hmm. that where they're going to mess up his career. Well, he's just in the he's in the wilderness. He's okay. in the wilderness. That's <laughs> it. Charles Green. Yeah. He's Charles Green. He's out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there's so many because they're saying – they were saying that the what the Padres were at one time in line to get Marcus Stroman and Thor and all the – I don't understand these teams like that that are after these guys – because I don't even believe that Thor is under control after next season. No, it's, I think it's just a, a rental. Yeah, he's a rental. So why would you give up? And he's not being super effective this year. No, and he hasn't been really super effective the last two years. Well, he was hurt. So, yeah, you're right. But, yeah. he, you know. So, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Uh, and the Dodgers with their bullpen, they need they need help, not just to switch Kenley Jansen. Because even when you switch him, his, flat ball, his fastball, his cutter is still flat. Even if you move him, you know. I take that flat cutter in the seventh inning. I'll take that. You can't you take can, it in the seventh inning in the can, tight game. You can, you can because you still have you still have two. You have nine up to nine outs to recover from that. Who are you going to go to? Baez? Baez is with the Dodgers. Suspect. I just cannot see. I have been at Dodger Stadium the last two years and watched the Red Sox and the Astros celebrate on the field at Chavez Ravine. Right. The World Series. I don't see the Dodgers winning with Kinley as the closer. They can't. And I love Kinley. Actually, I've always loved his yeah. He At one point, if there was a, probably a four-year period, he was the best closer in baseball. But you know what? Everybody has an expiration date. That's how it goes. And, he's and he doesn't have to get out of the league. No. I don't think it's that he can't he just has to move, out. move out of the position of closer. That's but it. I think that the Dodgers, in a roundabout way, are letting him know that he's not going to be the closer anymore. How? Because they're trying to get Felipe Vasquez from the, um, the Pirates. Pirates. Yeah. And if the, but they have so many minor leaguers that they're trying to you know pilfer that I, they, I don't know if they're going to give him up. Right. I, I, you know, I meaning Felipe Vasquez because – I would give him up for a couple of them, but I couldn't give him the whole farm for him. Right. Right. But that's sending a signal to Kenley Jansen that you're not getting the job done. We're going to actually go get a closer. Uh, that's. I hope that's the case. You wouldn't get Felipe Vasquez and have him pitching in the seventh or eighth inning. Felipe Vasquez is dominant. Very dominant. He gets it done. Yeah. That that just it is what it is. The trippy thing to me is why doesn't anybody ever approach the Tampa Bay Rays for pitching? Because Tampa, so they, they have it all. <laughs> because they have it all. They're stacked. All the way in the minor leagues, all the way up to the top. They're they're full to the brim, dude. That's it. They Except got for it. Blake Snell, Ex- who just went they, down. He just went down, but he's, But I but I, I hear what you're saying. I, I hear exactly what you're saying. And they need a they need a big stick in their lineup. So they did, and instead they got Eric Sogard, who I like a lot on the clutch level, yeah. but he's not the guy to get you over the hump that they need because they don't have they don't have that big stick. You know, the other guy is that people are talking about is Mike Miner because Mike Miner has his resurgence. Yeah, so he's the other starter that people have talked about. Um, I also am hearing the rumblings that they're upset with Trevor Bauer and the way that he conducts himself. <laughs> <laughs> I like Trevor Bauer though. <laughs> he's a, you can tell he's sort of like a, 
a sore sport. <laughs> you know, oh, yo, yeah, he can't take it. He can't take the L. He's a bad sport. He can't take the L. He'll do anything to win. And he's the type of dude where you play PlayStation and uh, something like that where you have to play all night because he's oh, not, he'll never oh, do. He's never gonna run stop. it back, man. Let's go. No, that was a fluke, dude. <laughs> I didn't even. <laughs> whatever, man. My guy went. A, the handle tripped out. <laughs> you'll play for what twenty hours straight for sure, for sure. And so, yeah, saw what he did today, right? He threw the ball and yeah, yeah over the center field. Out of, he's out of, out of control. <laughs> they said that your man, your, your man asked him, "What the f were you doing?" <laughs> when he came out, yeah, that's what that's what uh, Terry Frank asked. Uh, he said, "What the f were you doing?" <laughs> I didn't get to see it. I just read about it. it was, it's on Twitter. They showed the video. He walking out there. And he turned around, like, "Hey, dude, you're losing it." Yeah, I don't know who else is out there, but what I do know is is that uh, you know I have to say it. I'm sorry. Mike Trout is having a monster season. A monster season? Yeah. I'm talking about, like, wow. A crazy monster. He came to Dodger Stadium and showed his whole ass. <laughs> all of it? Yeah, the whole thing. I thought not even one cheek. Uh, oh, all the butt naked. <laughs> <Us>. Wet. <laughs> butt naked. Yeah, he went. He, man, that, he hit a ball to, to Hollywood. Oh, right. Man, oh, man. To the freeway. I mean, he's swinging sick. He's driving in runs and everything. One thing about Mike Trout is that he has protection. He has Otani. He's got Otani. Yeah. I still, if if I'm going with the best player in the game, I, right now I would have to go with Christian Yelich or Cody Bellinger, and I would take Cody, I would take Christian Yelich over all of them. Because Christian Yelich is super clutch. Yeah, because he's super clutch. He hits for average. He hits for power. He doesn't have a lot of help. No, at he all. He has help, but he doesn't have a lot. It's he not, doesn't have any not the kind of Not the kind of help that the other guys have. Mike M- Mike Moustakis and uh, Ryan Braun sometimes, that's not, I wouldn't consider. Although Moose is a big-time ball player. Yeah, he is, but he's not the threat that you would. Especially when the mark is on you for being the best. Exactly, you know, and the, and the dude performs in big-time situations. And Trout performs in big-time situations. The problem I have with it is he's never in real big-time situations right. because the Angels are going nowhere fast. Right. Let's hear what Trevor Bauer had to say real quick. I owe sincere apology to all my teammates, my coaching staff, um, the organization, and all of our fans for how I conducted myself today. Um, it was unbecoming. It was childish, unprofessional. Um, there's no place for it in the game. Happy that it didn't result in any physical injury for anybody else. I realize that put people in danger. Um, I want to be clear that my frustrations were with myself and my inability to stop the situation um, and keep my team in the game. That was not directed at any of my teammates, um, even though I know that it came off that way. Um, I love going to battle with my guys every day, and uh, today I feel like I really let them down, both personally and professionally. Um, He's devastated. I'm an intense <laughs> competitor, and that fire is what drives me. And today it completely consumed me, took over. And uh, I just wanted to say I'm sorry for for how I behaved. Um, I'll be better about it. It won't happen again. And if my teammates and the organization are willing to forgive me and continue, um, you know, accepting me in the brotherhood, I look forward to getting back out there with my guys next time and uh, continuing on our road and our fight for you know what we set out to do this season, which is win a World Series. So, if you guys have any questions, stop it. I'm not mad at him still. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a really a sore loser. I don't, I'm, of course, I hate to lose, but the thing of it is that I understand when you lose it sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you just lose it. Sometimes you just explode. And if you explode, you just explode. And not only that, you can see his passion for winning is there. You know what I'm saying? He's oh, man, whatever he's it takes. 
And it's crazy. I mean, he's he's literally he just lost his composure. I and I disagree with him when he says that, you know, it's childish because you're playing a child a kid game. Yeah, you know what yeah, you're no man playing a boy's game. Yeah, you're playing a boy's game and then you can, you're supposed to act like you don't have emotions. I have emotions. I get upset when I don't perform up to code. Up to my code. Yeah. Up to my code. Everybody who's feels feels themselves as an athlete knows when you don't do what you're supposed you to know. do. Yeah, you know. And so you, you, we all practice enough to know what we're supposed to do. And if you don't get it done, you are weak. That's it. That's just all it is to it. Another thing that happened out in Anaheim is uh, a, a great thing, is that Albert Pujols reached an unheard of milestone as he became the first player to hit at least 650 home runs and have 650 doubles in a career. Man, this guy was truly was the machine. This guy, he, he can hit he still, he still He still swings it. He hit a bomb today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's... What can you say about it? He's the man. He's the man. And David Ortiz is out of the hospital. That's good news. That is good news. I'm happy to hear that. I, I really hope Bobby has a full recovery, even though they said they had to, you know, remove part of his intestines and his cold. Really? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, man. It's so real. lose a lot of weight, huh? Right? I wonder. I wonder. That's something like the tummy tuck, ain't it? When they... they <laughs> <laughs> what a in, jerk. Involuntary tummy tuck. <laughs> what a jerk. No, you, you literally cut his cut his intestines. That's what they do. They cut him off. No, they don't. No, not the tummy tuck. But what's that thing? Where they do the, the, the staple or whatever? Yeah, but it's not your guts. It's they, your they freaking your stomach. Gut. Oh, <laughs> same difference, dude. No, dude, it's not the same freaking difference, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about Steven Strasburg today? And not just today. The last seven starts. Steve he looked great. Looked great. He's the man. I mean, Steven Strasburg, if he stays healthy, he can be one of the better pitchers of this era. But he's just always had a problem with health. Uh, you know what? I really like the Phillies. I don't You're like their, the Phillies. I am because I like their lineup. I don't like their starters per se outside of Aaron Nola. What about the Braves? Uh, I love you, the Braves. You jumping ships off? Never. What are you talking about? You like the Phillies? You, obviously, you jumping ship. No, I just say I like the Phillies. I didn't say I like them to win at all. Or well, anything. we're seeing each other. <laughs> you know, I like the Phillies. <laughs> we we go each other on Tinder, and so we we traded a couple direct messages. <laughs> it was not even a big deal. But there's a couple teams I like actually. I think the playoffs this year are going to be great because Washington is finally turning it around. It would be interesting if they could sneak somebody. Well, I, you know what a great – They've always had lineup. Right. The great place for – would have been for Marcus Stroman is the Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> the Milwaukee Brewers yeah. be starting bitching. Yeah. You know, you need a dominant – who's their number one? I mean, Chachin? Well, it was Woodruff and he got hurt. Yeah. And Brandon Woodruff, though, he got hurt. He'll be back in, the, what, six weeks or something like that? Yeah. But he wasn't, you know, assigned to be their, their ace, although he turned out to be their ace. And this is a tight division you're talking about over there. Yeah. The Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals are neck and neck. The Cubs have a suspect rotation. I and bullpen. And bullpen. <laughs> the Cardinals. But they got sticks. Yeah, but the Cardinals are the team. If they can get themselves together. I said that at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I felt like the Cardinals were the team. If they can get themselves together. And Paul Goldschmidt is swinging a stick right now. If he can get his average up and everything. He's going to get up. I He's going to do his numbers. I think that they can win it. Paul, Paul Goldschmidt will end division. up in the season at like 275. He's going to get him 275. I just he was he in like two fifty six or something like something that, like that twenty seven point five percent. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, is he's a three hundred guy. He is. So he's gonna get hot, and when but Matt Carpenter know, gets back, Matt Carpenter's gonna get hot because he has to go. He and Matt Carpenter hasn't gone through his streak in the season where he right. goes completely nuts. Right. You know, and the, and the, these guys usually when they get traded like that, like Manny Machado's doing right now, they still hit their home runs and stuff. But they're trying to do too much. 
Right. You know, Paul Goldschmidt is trying to do too much. Manny is trying to do too much. Because Bryce they, Harper. Yeah, they get too much money. They're trying to show show what time it is. You know, this is right. Manny time or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, right. And they're trying they, to show that they were worth it for the money. Exactly. And you get out of your game. And you get out of your mind. You could do that, too. <laughs> Why you can't? Oh, my goodness. All right. Keeping it moving. Long podcast, folks, but, but it's a good one, and we got more stuff coming for you this week. But let's talk about how the NBA became uh, all circling of Los Angeles, the entertainment capital of the world. So the clip show picked up Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in a sneaky move with the logo strikes again, and Steve Ballmer is hype beast. Steve Ballmer is so hype that not only did he lose it in the press conference, He then, in turn, announced that it's time for a new stadium. (laughs) It's time for a new arena. He's going all out. I'm Listen, I'm the richest owner in all of sports, and it's time for me to get crunk. It's time. That's it. And, man, that new arena looks like it's going to be awesome. Nuts, right? Yeah. So let's they see. need their own arena, though. They don't share yeah, another why one. not? Come on, man. That's like sharing a bedroom with you guys forever. You're like, come on, dude. We had enough. I've had enough. I've had, had enough. I had enough. I don't need to share my bedroom with you for the rest of my life. Uh, no, I had enough. So here we go. Let's listen to Ballmer and lose it. Ballmer? Dude? <laughs> Is that you? I have these notes, but I gotta say I'm just fired up to be here today. It's pretty cool, pretty damn cool. Woo! Come on! Come on! Come on! Get up! <laughs> he was so excited. Uh, he's hype beast. He's ready. I don't know <laughs> why why should he be hyped? You just he's got a billionaire. That is spending his money in the ways exactly how he wants to spend it on his on his team. About to watch him run amok in the NBA. The Lakers are in trouble. I mean, with them, they they have a problem because between Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, those guys have confidence. They feel like they can beat anybody. And the Lakers, what you got? You got and also, no, 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 no. I wanted I wanted you to finish. No, they. Go. And also, they're team guys. Yeah, and they're team guys. Both of those guys came to add to what the Clippers had. Not to build something new per se. So the Lakers have since signed, re-signed Rondo. They signed LeBron, obviously, last year. They got AD, and now they got Boogie Cousins, which you suggested they should have done for the last two years. Yes. Listen, if Boogie comes back at all as Boogie. If you can get to 65 70% of what he was. With those other two guys. Too much for the league. It's too much for the league. AD, a half Boogie. King James and Kyle Kuzma is a lot of work. Well, and what Boogie does though is Boogie plays a, l- a little bit of old school and a little bit of new and school. a little bit and of a lot of new school. Yeah, a lot of new school, but he does have that little mean streak in that you need as the big man, the enforcer yeah. in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's very very effective. It'll be very very effective in this NBA right now. Right. You know, even Draymond is a, a semi enforcer at 6'6". Yes. You know, and it it works. It still works. It still works. Golden State is still good, though. And that's the thing. When Clay comes back, they're going to be – forget about it. Like I saw some video just, footage you that, that I don't know. It couldn't, like, it couldn't be accurate. But they showed some footage of Clay getting on a private jet going on vacation where it looks like he never had a knee surgery. Look like he's ready to go right now. It looked like he was ready to play now. 
So I would not be surprised if by some miracle of the NBA that he's ready to play by New Year's. <laughs> Which is craziness off of an ACL. That's crazy, boy. I'm- I wonder if that footage was legit. Anybody, any callers that know, call in and let us know. Our number is 424-254-9663. Call in, let us know if you've seen Clay Thompson <laughs> and if you know that his knee is right. Because it looks right. It looked dead right. Um, so I think that Golden State's still good. I think Portland is a super sleeper. Portland is a super sleeper. Because Hassan Whiteside is in a contract year. And whenever Nurkic. time dudes come into a contract oh, year, yeah. they're going to dominate. You got Nurkic back off the injury, and you already know what you're getting with CJ and Dame. Yeah, and you, they re-signed Rodney Hood. Ace Hood. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> they re-signed Rodney. Now tell me, <laughs> inside joke, folks. Now tell me this. What's your stance? You got a minute. Rant and rave. On your boy Russell Westbrook going to the Houston. It doesn't even take a minute. That's a nightmare. That's a nightmare for Houston. That's a nightmare. You got a bad coach with <laughs> with a with a couple of guys with one ball. With a couple of guys that need the ball every possession. They need the they, these guys are ball dominant. So how are they supposed to be able to win? They can't win with James Harden and see uh, well, how much time do I have left? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> they can't win with James Harden and any other compliment that they brought in. So how are they think that bringing in Westbrook is going to do anything? They have Clint Capella. Clint Capella is a nice big man, but they don't use him. He's right not now. going to get the ball. He's not going to get the ball. Who's going to get the ball? Last year, they were most effective when they were using Clint Capella the right and way. Who, uh, and and who, they got Fareed. Exactly, but who brought the ball to him? Chris Paul. Yeah. And Chris Paul is now being known as persona non grata only because he plays the, the game the way that you're supposed to play it. Right. You know, and, and this new era of basketball is, you know, guys like Chris Paul are going to slowly but surely be in weaned Based out of the out. league. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. It. They're saying that he's too old, but he was actually very, very effective. He sure was. And if you play the game the way that he does, you're going to always be effective. It doesn't, t- he's not trying to score every possession. He I'm does. I'm very interested to see where he ends up. He's not going to stay in Oklahoma, and this is going to be interesting to see. Just he like might, it's going to, just like it's going to be interesting to see where Iggy ends up. Yeah. Um. But Russell Russell Westbrook in the the news conference and in being introduced said a few minutes into his uh, uh, news conference, he said something that would have caused a collective spit take around the NBA a few weeks ago. He said, "I only care about one team, and that's the Houston Rockets." And so he he's saying that he's willing to sacrifice. And uh, we've been friends for many, many years, me and James, since I was 10, actually. So we played with each other in Oklahoma City. And to be able to win something, you got to be willing to sacrifice some parts of your game. And we both understand that. We both understand that we have one common goal, and that's to win a championship. We understand that what we have to do, I'm not worried about it. I know James isn't worried about it. I can play off the ball. I don't have to touch the ball to impact the game. That's the best way for me to come in and impact this team. I can do other things on the floor to make sure we have a better chance to win. Do you believe him? No. <laughs> if, if he could sacrifice like that, why didn't he sacrifice with everybody else that played on his team? He just realized it. <laughs> Too late. You shipped out, dude. They literally dis, you know, they just tore that team down overnight. That team's gotten torn down overnight. It's crazy. Yeah. But not even overnight, like slow motion. No, it was overnight when it It wasn't overnight. When you think about it, James left. No, Art- I'm talking about this new this new Oh, you're talking uh, about the Rockets. No, I'm talking about the OKC because OKC had Paul George who just signed a long-term oh, contract. Oh, that that version. Yeah, okay. that version I thought you meant No, no. No, they slowly but surely took the pieces apart. But 
everybody's still going to now you won't be able to blame it on Russell Westbrook and you won't be able to blame it on James Harden, but you will be able to blame it on uh, Dan Tony. <laughs> First of all, that non-defensive unit that they're going to put out there, they probably get up about 130 points a game. Right. Russ plays D, but I, it seems like you've seen people who play D before go to Dan Tony. Forget about D. We don't play D here. <laughs> I need you to shoot threes. <laughs> I brought you to shoot threes. A whole bunch of them. Man. Like a video game. Man. No, sir, not acceptable. Well, this is what he has to say to you. Russell, people in Houston have seen you for years in the back again oh, as an opponent. Go. But what can you say that um, those of us have only seen you as an opponent don't know about you, something that you'd like for people to know? Uh, that I'm a nice guy. <laughs> uh, I think that's the, the biggest thing. Uh, obviously, when I play the game and I play uh, basketball, there's no... I'm going out to compete and going out to be able to uh, to win. And I don't really care how that looks. And, you know, I'm always going to stay that way. But I think off the floor for me is a, is a huge thing, uh, figuring out and understanding that uh, I am human. I am a human being. And I, I am uh, a good good person, just so you guys know. Uh, and I, I do care uh, about the community, uh, the team, my teammates, Everybody, um, and I just want to do whatever I can do to, to make sure that we can have a chance to win. Terry. <laughs> I just cut it off before you said your name. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. I don't want to get called out in public. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I have no doubt that he's probably a great guy. I, obviously, I don't know him, but my think of it is that the way that— I met him a couple of times. He, he seemed like a really nice yeah, guy. Yeah. He's really cool, good good young man. Uh-huh, the, the way that he just plays the game is not conducive to winning championships. It's, it's, it's his style. He wants to win his way. Unfortunately, everybody else doesn't give in to that. You know what I'm saying? You can't—the mm. triple, the triple doubles are in vain. You can have all the triple doubles you want to, just like James Harden, and neither one of them have a ring. That's a, that's a triple-double capital of the world now. Well, I tell you what, though. James is the reason they don't have a ring. <laughs> and Westbrook is the reason why they don't have a ring in OKC. Durant hasn't been there. He's been playing with Paul George. He played with Oladipo. He's played with, come on, man. That's not true. But what, what I'm saying is. It's true. What he I'm, did play with him. No, no, it's not, dude. It's an illusion. <laughs> no. What, <laughs> what I'm saying is, is James, that South Beach life, that Anthony Joshua got a hold of James in the finals. James disappeared. And they couldn't get that dub. Couldn't. Snuck that first one out. Then it was all downhill get it it's like i'm to the club where's miles at <laughs> shout out to 112 go get a steak dinner right oh man yeah that's crazy though you know these guys man they literally need to focus up and work on their game i know that they have the resources to have a good time to live the life that they want to lead and everything else but and i know that these guys spend a lot of time getting in shape and everything but when a game comes down to it you just don't feel like these guys are shit they want to get their numbers more so than they want to get the dub this is true. And speaking of which, this is what <laughs> speaking of which, this is what general manager Tommy Shepard had to say about Dwight Howard. The quickest trade I've ever done in my life <laughs> that sent Dwight Howard to the Grizzlies for CJ Miles. It, he said that, that this was the easiest decision that he had to make. And that is really unfortunate. You see how he's fallen off, Dwight Howard, and you see Dwight Howard lobbying to come back to L.A. to play with the Lakers and blah, 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 blah. Dwight Howard's a guy that had unlimited potential, right. and his game was incredible, actually, for a while. Now they got him on bended knee. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they broke him down. They break you down. There was something else that I, I wanted to cover that I thought was really interesting, which was, and they caught a lot of bad press, which was Kendrick Perkins speaking out on how Mark Jackson has been blackballed in the NBA over his locker room Christianity. 
it's a very interesting stance because we've seen this in several sports, guys who express their religion uh-huh, their faith in and, it. and it goes the wrong way. But the question there to me is, unlike, a, say, a Tim Tebow, because to me, nobody had gotten it worse than Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow was a winner, a proven winner. Mm-hmm. He wins football games. Right. He won playoff games. That he shouldn't have won. Yeah. And he was a proven winner. Mm-hmm. And because of his faith, he got drummed out of the league. Now, Pacquiao took a couple of L's as well. Pacquiao took big L's. All of a sudden, he had some suspect cards. Yeah. Daniel Murphy got dealt mm-hmm. in New York to, mm-hmm. to Washington mm-hmm. uh, because of the stuff that he said, it seemed like. And after being the hottest second baseman commodity in right. all of He's the best hitter for a few years. Yeah. The best second base hitter besides DJ LeMayhew in baseball. Yeah, exactly. And he was doing it in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what they're saying is, is that Mark Jackson was bringing his Christianity into the locker room, meaning he was asking guys to pray. He was asking guys to live a certain way and so on and so forth. Which is interesting because in that situation, I actually think that he's out of line. Do you? Yeah, because he's the coach. What he says goes about basketball, but you can't force anybody else to live your faith. No, but. And I don't know if that was what was going down. Right, but he can make suggestions if that's his faith. Walk. If that's his faith walk, then oh, but as a, suggestion, yeah, I hear you. As, I hear as you. a Christian, that's his duty. He, that's his call to to put that out there for people to you know to live the right way as he as he sees it. And if he doesn't do that, then he's negligent, right? He's got to answer to a higher calling. That this is and this is exactly the so. All sacrifice. I can do is suggest, right? That's the sacrifice he was willing to make. So they clearly. ship him out to the booth. And ship him to the booth. And it's not like he's asking he, anybody you know, for a loan. He's still doing well. Right. But I, I feel like he's commissioned to do that. And so he should. But maybe he feels like he's commissioned to do that. I, obviously, he is as a, as a Christian. But the thing of it is, is that Christianity also is free will. You can make the decision. <laughs> you decide. You make the call. You're on deck. Exactly. You have to make the call. But, yeah, Kendrick Perkins caught a lot of heat for bringing it up. Yeah, but this is the problem, though, because we can talk about anything else, but we can't talk about having faith. That's not right. It's all attack war, yeah. all out, all out war on faith in, yeah. in the country. That absolutely true. I, I completely agree with. And that. I just think that Christianity is getting the raw deal a lot of times right now because of the hot Cheeto. You know, well, they got a lot. Of, they got a lot of Christianity has a lot of poor representatives. Yeah, because you know he's pandering right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's substituting sin. So if you mm-hmm. if you denounce one sin, it's okay to participate in all the rest <laughs> of them. Is basically what he's selling. Um, all right. Move yeah, on. but what about but what about before we jump? What about Steve Kerr coming out speaking about the players colluding to play? I didn't even lay it on me. I'm not familiar. Oh, okay. I thought you knew about that. Well, he just no. said that the, the NBA and the NBA has also said they're a little worried about the players actually getting together now and speaking, you know, on playing because. This whole situation with AD saying that he didn't, you know, he's asking for a trade. Oh well, and while you're under contract, and this you is can't a, demand a trade. and this is actually tied into the whole Kendrick Perkins thing. That mm. actually, okay, now okay. I know what you're talking about because apparently that started what Kendrick Perkins was kind of talking about with Mark Jackson because he's on a crusade to get Mark Jackson his credit for building the team. Oh, okay, I can understand that. I can dig that. Yeah, and you know what. It, I don't know about this because the there it doesn't seem right for the owners to collude. Right. It's not. And, it, and it also waters down the league when the players decide to meet up with each other and play. 
Yeah, and I there's a softness to it that I just cannot accept. Right, that's the old school that, mentality, though, because you want to play against the competition like Kawhi wants to. That, and you see, there's a handful of guys who still have and Jimmy Butler. They want uh-huh. to play against the competition. They're not interested in joining the super teams like that. We can build a team or develop a team or get young talent, but I'm not just going out to try to find five dudes that I can run with that's going to run everybody out the park and that make the game as easy as possible. Exactly. You want the competition. That's what you play for. But with the way that the guys are doing now is that they're colluding. And when it comes back, because all of this stuff always goes full circles and went full circle. And when the owners do it, I don't want to hear the players crying about it because they're, they're doing it right now. They're literally going out on, you know, vacation, vacay and, and deciding where, take for instance, what Kevin Durant, they said that they had decided already where they were going to play already, you know, about a year and a half ago or so. And yeah. And see, and that's ridiculous. Yeah. And they're on the contract. They're on the contract. But at the same time, it's not like he didn't put up fifty against the Clippers. It's a true story. <laughs> you know, you no, he, he's doing his job. That's not saying that he's not doing. But his that's job. what the that's what the collusion implies is that there's some sort of you know uh, this is what this is what I'm reading right now. What Steve Kerr said, which is that to me, when you sign on the dotted line, you owe your effort and your playing to that team, right? You know, but not plotting and twisting to to get out of there. And I and I think KD may be a bad example because AD. It seems as though, and we're going to find out next season, but it seems as though AD decided to not play in a series of games because he didn't feel like... To the point where the NBA said that they were going to have to find a team because when he was coming back, the team said that, hey, we're not going to let him play because they were trying to trade him. And they said, you know, the NBA had to say, hey, we're going to find you per game if he's not playing it without a legitimate reason. Yeah. Kind of like how they do the fines for, for the, the rest. Right. But it's it's interesting because... He just basically went on a miniature work stoppage. Right. He kind of threw a tantrum. And you see a few guys do and, that, though. And, demand and, trade. and specifically to a place. They didn't just demand a trade. And that has something to do with them trying to build a stable in basketball almost. You That's know what it. I'm saying? Because the clutch sports. This, it, it, yeah. they, they need to stay away from They need to be wary of that because boxing has shown us that it hurts the sport. It does. I mean, we have, what, four or five super teams? And then are you interested in watching the, the Memphis Grizzlies or anything, you know, after the fact? Not unless you live there. Yeah. Which diminishes the product. Yeah. That's, that's, I don't know where they're going to go with that. Cause I don't see any way of them stopping this. How can, what they, what can they do to stop this? Right. And it's hard because Magic, you know, the way that he spoke out before about going out and getting players or the things that he insinuated, he was fine. And he was fined immediately. That he was fined immediately. These guys aren't being fined at all for that. Hmm. And that's because of the agents and everything else that are behind the scenes that I have you signed and I have Ernie signed. And now I'm nice. uh-huh. We're on the team. Nice team. You know? <laughs> nice post team. <laughs> I don't know what your jumper looking like, Ernie. <laughs> you know, but then so now you're under my management and I'm gonna to try to get you guys to play together. And you're almost holding a team hostage at that point. You know? Yeah. You are holding the team hostage. Yeah, if I get especially if, get, if you're the star, right? If you have LeBron and AD there, and then you have the the agent there, that guy literally got. Well, look at what AD said when he showed up. He said, basically, you guys think we're joining? I'm joining LeBron, but LeBron is actually joining us because we had this team in New Orleans with me and Boogie, and and you know, so AD seems like he's playing a little bit of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Why not? Why he came? G O T. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know about that. I don't know, child. I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ah. you didn't know? 
Well, no, you know. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Ernie knows. You know, child. No, child. Ernie knows, child. <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about right now. So, um, moving on. A lot of stuff going down in the NFL. I think we're going to save it, save it for the next pod. But, you know, just real quick, you got your boy Cam is on a pitch count for his shoulder. Ridiculous. Uh, no punishment for Tyreek Hill. What can you do? ODB was ready to retire to me, further establishing his mental weakness. Yeah, and he wasn't going to retire. He's lying. He's lying. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, Adrian Peterson lost all his cheese. Did he? He didn't hear about that one. I didn't hear about I that one. That one hit you hard, boy. Oh, yeah. I saw that. All from whooping the kids. All from whooping the kids. Things <laughs> went left. No, he didn't He didn't lose his money from whooping ass. What he whooping, he, lose his he, money he, from? He lost his money behind trusting somebody in his family with his cheese. Ooh, he gave him all his cheese? Of course. You always have to give him all of it. Otherwise, <laughs> it's not going to work out right. You give me all of it. <laughs> Do it. See, you messed up. Why are you laughing at AP? Uh, he, I'm not. He's going to come back. He would he'd give him a Another contract, he'll come back. Hey, well, but yeah, that this is. They said that his uh, his agent said he couldn't speak on it right now. But this is another situation of an athlete trusting the wrong person, not a financial advisor with the cheese. It might have been. Who knows? I mean, you you know, people lose cheese. It's a one thing that you learn when you dibble and dabble with some bread is that it's a whole different animal keeping money than making money. Right. You know, it's a lot more people that are adept at making money than are at keeping it. Well, and then you look at athletes or any kind of entertainers or whatever, you're good at the, your craft. That doesn't mean that you're special or expertise That's in it. money management. That's you it. <laughs> so let you do you and let somebody else do what they're supposed to do with the cheese. Just make sure that they don't play too much. Man. Man, man, man. People yeah, that, that went the wrong way. And the last thing I want to cover before we go was that incredible match at Wimbledon. The Ooh, finals at Wimbledon. Oh, my goodness. We didn't get to speak on it. We were, oh. we were in, in Italy. We were in a town, a tiny town, a tiny village called Cisternino. With bad internet. And great wine. <laughs> great wine. <laughs> the Which good trade-off there. I don't know. I, I got to have my internet. I got to have the internet. got to have it, people. <laughs> wow, what a match, though. Arguably the greatest match in Wimbledon history. Oh, man. <laughs> and And it comes down to the end of the day. The moment was too big for Roger Federer. You, How you, think, you think that it was too big? I, you can't say that. It wasn't too big. In all of the in, – he won more games. Yeah. In every set that he lost, every single set that he lost. He had him a match. In the tie break, he had – I think he had 12 unforced errors in each set that he lost. He had I'm him telling you what double I double match point. Right. When I was watching him, you could see that he literally loses focus now. And I think that might just be an age thing, not where he's old and can't focus, but it's just that he's done it so many times that he just literally might lose interest. Or just like we watched the fight last night where a guy loses focus for a few seconds. And, and, you're, and you're playing against and you're the playing, other guy that's the best. Yeah, and you're playing against the other guy that's the best right now, and he took advantage of that. And There's th- literally only two people in the world that consistently give Roger Federer a problem. Right. There's two guys. It's Novak Djokovic and Robert and Rafael Nadal. And he and Nadal is not giving him that many problems. <laughs> he's, he's, he's handles Rafa nowadays. Unless, <laughs> unless, Rafa they're, unless they're in Paris. Exactly. Unless they're on clay. Yeah, but right now, you know what playing around with that Joker, that Joker boy, he get you out of there and you yeah, make a mistake. He get you out of there. You too old. He is I got you cold. Too, I got you you got I got you too old. <laughs> I got you three one, three oh. I'm come on man, you gotta bring that cheese. And he made a mistake, a few mistakes, unforced errors. I think he even double faulted, right? Yes. Come on, man. He just had to get this. This is what I'm trying to tell you. It was a trip. 
And they're great to watch. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you, I saw, I, I, I've said this since last year when we covered on Advantage Omar for the Tennis Channel, when we covered the Labor Cup uh, in Chicago. Chicago. I really believe at the end of the day, they're going to say Novak Djokovic is the greatest of all time. It's when great. it's all said and done. It, it, as long as nothing happens to him physically. Mm-hmm. And this may have been – I mean, you, we've said this so many times and he just keeps winning. But this may have been the last chance that Roger had for another slam victory. Maybe not. He is the greatest player of all time at this point. So maybe he'll figure out a, a trick in his tool bag. But – the speed, the hard courts, to me, favor the younger guys. The no guys, question. You know what I mean? But then that's how you uh, end up working off of other guys getting eliminated, you know, because he picks when he's playing. He's not playing in every big tournament. You know, he's – Well, no. See, he's playing in all the slams. He's playing in the he's slams. Not, he's but, not yeah, playing but, in every but, Masters yeah, he's tournament. Not, he's no. Not, so no. in that, he's smart. He's picking his poison. You he, know, now he's, he's picking he's his fight. Resting. Uh-huh. He's, he's resting. Oh, yeah. Well, he's not picking his fights. Don't, don't, don't. Well, not, not don't like that. Yeah, Roger no, like that. No, no. Because he, he, you don't get to choose who you goose in the bracket and all that kind no, of stuff. No, you don't. But I'm saying that he's not out there on tour like all the rest of these guys who are playing. Not all the time. All this long. calendar year, he played a lot. Because this year, he played clay and. I, I think that he's he playing played, smart right now with his age. hard clay and grass. Yeah. So this year, you're talking about him playing, you know, I was surprised when he, when he took it to Paris. He's like, you know what? Let me see if I can get Rafa. Let me see if I can sneak out against him. Rafa was like, no, you can't. I still have it. This is my spot. This is my spot. I just will keep piling them up until my knee gives all the way out. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that was an incredible match. How many hours? Five and a half, I think, or six hours. Something, something crazy. And I watched every point. Ooh. I watched every – and the internet acted right that day. Ooh. Actually, yeah, it was unbelievable. The internet acted right that day. That's unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> In the self, the internet acted right. Yeah. <laughs> And on the on the flip side, uh, Serena Williams got dominated in the finals. I yeah. think it's over for her. I mean, I'm impressed that she got to the finals in Wimbledon. Right. And I think that now she's in another position. I think just like with Roger on the other side, you know, the hard surfaces favor the youth uh-huh. because the ball is moving faster, in my opinion. Um, and thus the quicker players, the players with less wear and tear on their bodies can do mm-hmm. better. But Simona Halep played a flawless. She played out of her mind. She played flawless tennis. And it's and not a knock totally on. totally dominated. Yeah, and it's not a knock on Serena. You've done her thing. You can't knock Serena. It's impossible. She's, a, yeah, She's and, done you her know, thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. And, and you know what she did that I wanted to speak about that I was really admirable was that she said that she came out and actually apologized to Naomi Osaka Personally, she called her after that U.S. Open debacle mm-hmm. uh, from last year and apologized for taking the spotlight and making that moment something different than what it was. That's really big of her. It's really big of her, and, and, and it, it holds was, a and lot it needed, of weight. And it needed to happen. It needed to happen. It was completely and, out of line. And the, and the cool thing is, is that she actually spoke on it. She could have done that and kept it low. Right. The fact that she spoke on it, she going it. going into this year's mm-hmm. uh, U.S. Open, where it was the scene of the crime, if you will, to me, that's really really cool. Yeah, that needed to happen. Because, I agree. Yeah, I was I was a little upset with that myself because I don't like to see taking the, that that shine away from her at that point. But Osaka got eliminated early. Uh, she's real young, and since she's left her coach, she hasn't been able to get it together. Right, and then the other kid. What's but the, physically, she's still there. But what's she, the other kid that came out? And, Coco. Yeah, Coco was a story. Ooh, chomp. Coco was a story. Coco looked like the future. It looked like we were watching the future right yeah. there. Round by round by round. And what I told everybody, you can go on my Twitter, nobody was beating Simona Halep. 
and yeah. and I didn't want to see her have to face Coco because I didn't want Simone to have to do that to her. her. And uh, but the man, she how inspirational! How yeah. what a beautiful sight! Her and her parents, right there. It, what a great thing! What a great thing to see! Coco Golf can keep her eyes on her, and for a long time because she's only fifteen, right? I mean, crazy. That's and, crazy because she hasn't developed. She hasn't got her. Uh, yeah, like yeah. That. And she was just precise mm-hmm. and even the confident. First, the first, yeah, the first couple of matches, she steamrolled. She steamrolled Venus. She mm-hmm. she she steamrolled, and then she actually ran into some adversity and was confident enough to go Overcome back to it. to the fundamentals. <laughs> go back to the fundamentals. Why, child? Why? Why? But the Bible says, tell the truth, Ah, one of these days, you guys, we'll let you in on the secret. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, that I wanted to talk about Wimbledon. I know we're a little bit late, but man, oh man, was it great to watch. Wow. I was in London, too, towards the end of it and had to leave shortly afterwards. Man, that was great. We got to see so much. We got to see Rafa versus Federer. And Federer dominated, mm-hmm. and then we got to see Novak versus Federer. And you know, here's the other thing. And I, I told a couple of my friends to bet on uh, Novak. The mental focus that you need to beat Rafa Nadal in at the in, in the semifinal, right? It's going to take a lot out of you for the next match. Uh huh. Novak didn't need that same level of mental focus. He steamrolled his side of the the bracket. Yeah. I don't. I maybe dropped a set or two or something like that. But he he needs to look into his shoes though because he <laughs> he does that on purpose. It seems like and it right. seems like it's like one slide away from a torn ligament, right? A groin, a knee, or something. But he's so lean that he just he seems to just shake it off. Really flexible. The other thing that I love about that is that you know what Novak Djokovic showed you excellent mental fortitude. He sure did. The crowd not only with the comeback, the crowd was totally against him. They sure were, and one of the biggest a things biased crowd. One of the which, which it was which, a sentimental crowd. Which, which by the way, uh, you know, normally you don't hear me saying stuff like that. But which, by the way, in tennis is like you know unheard of. It, yeah, you see it with Serena Williams. Uh-huh. You see the nostalgic crowds, but by and large, Novak Djokovic is not no slouch. This is guy's number one player in the world for the past like three years. But one of the big things that I have that happened in that match is that he. Challenge one of the shots, and he didn't. I don't even think that he. He didn't even. It looked like he didn't even believe that it was. He was like, "Really?" And he got it. He got it. Clutch. And it was big, big late. Turned it around late. Oh my goodness! Late in the fifth. Yeah. Now, what do you think about that new format that they put together? I'm I'm not familiar. You know, they they put that new format together on the 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 tiebreak so that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care for it. You like just play it out, win yeah. by two. Yeah, win by two. It, it, that's they, how you end up with a hundred, like yeah. that Isner match. Yeah, like that sixty-seven Isner match. to sixty-five. It's, it's fun for the fans to watch, but the players, man, it's a lot of wear and tear. Those guys, you know, no, but that's what I'm saying. So it's not they. It's less wear and tear on the players this way. You think? There's no doubt. I don't know. Look, so so basically, what happened is is it's win by two, and I do believe uh, Joker ended up winning by two, so it didn't have to go to that. Because it's win by two up until twelve in the final oh, okay. tiebreak. Okay. So that it twisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's up until twelve. So if it ends up twelve twelve, that goes into a tiebreak of its own. It was just as opposed just so to having to, those guys were so evenly matched that it you know it just got. Well, you've seen it before. You've seen it at Wimbledon. That's mm-hmm. what that's what happened with Isner and the Frenchman when they had to play for three days. Right. And I think the final was sixty eight to sixty six mm-hmm. or something crazy like that. It's hard when you're both on that level. It's it's hard to get two off of some guy, especially when you're trading serves. Woo! <laughs> yeah, it's great work. All right, folks, we're not going to jibber jabber all day. Uh, we're going to leave you with a quote here from Mister 
from, from a great immigrant, Mr. Albert Einstein. He said, wisdom is not a product of schooling, but of life of the lifelong attempt to acquire it. Get out in the world, folks. Acquire yourself some wisdom. Live in unity. Recognize that you are not any better, any worse than anybody else. I'm Omar Miller, your host, and this is The Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the lights. This is not just a game. This here is my life. The camera's on me, yeah, yeah.